0: nine nine five gold that's eight three three nine nine five gold eight three three nine nine five g o l d pure talk believes
1: in american values and that free should mean exactly that free switch to pure talk today and get a free samsung 5g smartphone Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot.
0: Just go to puretalk.com slash clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, puretalk.com slash clay to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
1: Welcome, everybody. Monday edition of Clay and Buck kicks off right now. And we, as always, have a lot to discuss with all of you. First of all, we're going to be joined in just a little bit here. Um, bottom of this hour, so about 20 minutes or so, by Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, looking forward to talking to uh, the governor about a lot of things happening right now, the university uh, issue of presidents, for example, who can't seem to condemn the most outright anti-Semitism, or at least not in time to save their jobs. We will uh, discuss that. We'll turn to that story here in just a second. Uh, we've also got J.D. Vance, Senator J.D. Vance of Ohio joining, which... Again, much to discuss, the future of the Republican Party, the MAGA movement, uh battle for the Senate 2024. You know, I know we're heading into the holidays here soon, but we're going to have a little respite, and then it's going to be full-blown 2024 from, you know, the new year all the way through Election Day, because this is, yes, a critical election and a fascinating election with things going on that could affect this country for. Uh, decades and perhaps a lot more than that to come, many Rubicons crossed, many things happening that have never happened before, including the indictment four times over by the leading presidential candidate. To that end, I know Clay's going to want to break down this Des Moines Register poll out of Iowa with a a dominant lead for Donald Trump. And to be clear, this is just what the polls are saying. This is not anyone endorsing anyone or anything but he's over 50% in this poll and we'll look at where everyone else stands in that. Is it possible to make up the distance? But in the meantime, Clay, I, I am amazed at, at how absolutely and, and totally dominant in the news cycle right now, the story about a Harvard president's doctor I believe would she have a PhD in like uh sociology or something? Do we know? Doc- Probably. Yeah, I I, I not it's, it's not, not medicine. an MD. Yeah. It's not she's not an she's not a neural neurosurgeon. Um, but uh Dr. Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard University, has come under a lot of pressure for a possible resignation. We all played for you last week. The Elise Stefanik- uh Cross examination, if you will, of various elite university presidents, MIT, UPenn, Harvard, and posing the question, is it a violation of your code of conduct to call for the genocide of the Jews? Maybe we'll go back and refresh your memory with some of those sound bites from last week, just so you can recall. But the basics of it, Clay, as we know, was they were like, well, it kind of depends. There's context. UPenn. Has president's already resigned. Yeah. A lot of pressure on the MIT president to resign. I think she's going to go. The president of Harvard University is female and black, and there is a a different tone across much of the media about whether she should actually resign as well. In fact, there was a... SNL, not that SNL is anything anyone should watch, but sketch over the weekend, mocking Stefanik and defending these presidents. And by the way, it was horribly unfunny and then also, you know, morally obtuse on top of that. Clay, what do you think happens here? Cause I have a bet with, I have a bet with my brother as to whether or not this president of Harvard will resign.
0: So it depends, I think, on what the donors do. Because ultimately all of these universities serve at the behest of the donor class. And I think a big reason why McGill, the president of UPenn, ended up losing her job was there was a $100 million donation that was pulled. And you start talking about hundreds of millions of dollars in donations, that becomes incredibly significant, even though these universities have endowments of billions of dollars isn't I was harvard's endowment. endowment
1: like 60 billion or 50 billion i was going to say over of,
0: over 50 billion dollars i believe uh, we can look it up it may be higher than that but over 50 i i feel pretty confident about so the idea that a 100 million dollars would move the needle at all for them what is it
1: 53 billion
0: yeah dollars. yeah so a hundred million dollars, uh, for a 53 billion dollar endowment is, uh, is, is a drop in the bucket even to Harvard. I do think because the, the leader of Harvard is a black woman, she gets a higher standard of misbehavior because we live in this world where you don't get judged based on your individual behavior, but based on your collective, uh, identity politics behavior. Uh, that is the world we live in right now. My, my big issue though, Buck even if they all got fired the question is what changes and and to me the 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 challenge here is if you fire them all my concern is instead of actually committing to a content neutral policy to encourage all speech i think that they would just now roll up the jewish population into their microaggression tent, even though obviously we know they're seeing the Jewish people as white. And so that's the real reason they aren't protected on campus. And we actually make the campus culture even more censorious than it is today. I actually, and maybe I'm a, a, in the minority here, I actually don't have a problem with these university presidents defending free speech policies. The problem to me here is the hypocrisy because Penn ranked, I think, on the FIRE index for free expression, 247 out of 248. And Harvard ranked 248 out of 248 defending free speech principles. So what they were doing here was not actually defending free speech. They were illuminating their hypocrisy and the fact that they see Jewish people as white. And you can say whatever you want about a white person on campus. You can't say anything about a minority and what Jewish people are finding out is wait a minute, we're not a preferred minority class and so people can walk around campus calling for our genocide.
1: I've, I've been explaining this to uh, friends of mine down here in Florida because, because we talk a lot about this and, and I saw a whole bunch of, of friends um, over the weekend at a gathering and and once people think about it, it all starts to it all starts to click in because it used to be, the issue of, of the Jews and Palestine was thought of in this largely religious yes. conflict and, and, a, and also obviously if you're a leftist, you put it in this anti-colonial rubric, but it's really in America now because of the left's race obsession. It is actually first and foremost judged as a, as a skin color issue or conflict, as in lighter skinned people oppressing darker skinned people in Palestine, lighter skin in this case. And you know, we always say it, but that's not even an accurate representation of the Jewish people and who the Jews are. I mean put all that ignorance aside, this audience knows that we've talked about it many times. You know, there are Jews from Iraq, there are Jews from Ethiopia, but okay. Um Clay, I, I so my I took the side of the bet, just to be clear with one of my brothers, um, that that the Harvard president will stay. I do not think that she will go. I do not think she'll be forced out to you know to resign or be fired by by the board. She's the uh first I I I'm not I'm not sure she's the first um, black female president of Harvard or just the first black president of Harvard. I I, I you know it's definitely I have no one idea. definitely that's, one that, of,
0: that's why she got the job, let's be honest.
1: It's definitely one of the two. And so it's a huge um you know, in the eyes of the diversity and inclusion movement, you know, the black female president of Harvard is an enormously important and very powerful step in the whole diversity. Apparatus and they can't, you know, the, I just don't see how they'll retreat on this issue because if, if it can be a problem here, you know, all of a sudden the invincibility, the invulnerability professionally that some, some protected classes get, whether it's in corporate America, academia, you know, there's a whole thing. Chris Rufo has, you know, hat tip Chris Rufo has put out that it looks like she
0: plagiarized a huge plagiarized part of her
1: of her, her dissertation yeah not you know and plagiarism look plagiarism is yeah there's sort of the gray area plagiarism of you didn't change the words enough even though you cited or whatever this is block quote cut and paste taking work putting it in saying you wrote it that's what that's the rufo allegation for any other academic if that were true you'd be finished Right? I mean, the
0: Stanford, the Stanford uh, president just got fired basically over this. Um, they went back and looked through his thesis and it was far less glaring than this. And they forced the guy at Stanford out over this. And there was some, uh, honestly, this was cancel culture because he wasn't being left wing enough. That's why they went after the Stanford president.
1: And I'll tell you this. A, a big part of this is the events in, te- in technology. People were writing, I mean, if you were writing a PhD, if you were particularly a, a protected class academic, so you're LGBTQ plus or you're, you're a, um, you can't just say minority, black or Hispanic or Native American. Those are the ones that in academia and corporate America, you get all the points, you know, yes. you get all the additions. If you're Arab. If you're Japanese, underrepresented
0: minority is what they would classify that as, right? The Asians are a minority, but they're actually overrepresented in terms of academic achievement, and therefore you're actually penalized more as an Asian person yes. than you are as a white person, uh, according yeah. to the data when it comes but, to applying to elite academic institutions.
1: I always thought it was interesting if you apply and you're um and you're Arab, for example. You know, you're born in Saudi Arabia or something. Well, I mean, you know, your parents are Saudi. That that doesn't fit into one of the boxes, so you actually don't get. It. If you're from India, if you're from Bangladesh, that doesn't count. Anyway, there are only certain groups. But if you're an academic and you were um writing your thesis in, about so, can, can someone check what is doc Doctor Gay? That's 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 who the har, president of Harvard is just to be clear. Doctor Gay's thesis, or rather, her academic discipline. I guess that it is I, I do not know. I did not look at her bio. I had guessed that it is sociology. Am I correct or no? Can it's someone look that? Oh, it's in government. Okay. In government. Know, by the way, I'm a political science major, so I'll just say, you know, you can kinda just coast on through if you want. You know, if you wanted to really dig into it, you can. You can same thing is true of any any of the uh humanities ones. But Clay, people writing these Um, writing these theses back in the day, they didn't think that somebody could just take it and put it through an AI machine and look for anything else that
0: matches with it published on the internet. Yeah, it's way easier to catch now.
1: You know, catching plagiarism now is a whole thing that nobody was going to go through your, you know, like think about that. How could, how could somebody know? And so I think a lot of academics look at this and say, This is a bit of a concern, but anyway, put that aside for a second. I don't think she's going to go, but I think your more fundamental point, Clay, is the critical one, which is you can either have campus college speech codes that don't allow for, quote, hate speech across the board, or anything that is within the bounds of the law is acceptable on campus. What you can have is you use the wrong pronouns for a trans person, you now have to go to re-education camp at, you know, whatever hall or whatever student building um, but calling for the genocide of the Jews, that that needs context. You can't have
0: that. Yeah. And what I'm concerned about, Buck, is that the lesson that these university presidents could end up taking is that they weren't woke enough, that they should have protected Jewish speech uh, and hate speech as much as they did everything else, and that we actually get a more restrictive campus environment. See, if they were uh, advocating for free speech principles and they said, look, If the KKK walked through Harvard's campus demanding that black people be murdered, then we wouldn't agree with it, but we don't think we should restrict their ability to say that. If they they were willing to apply this standard evenly across the board, I would actually applaud it. But what you're seeing is they have a differing standard for what speech is appropriate based on who the speech is about. And so, again, what I think Jews have found illuminating here is their religion doesn't matter. Their history of oppression really doesn't matter. All that matters in the current left-wing zeitgeist is what color skin do you have. That is whether you're a colonizer or a colonized. That's whether you're oppressed or oppressor. And I think a lot of people are looking around saying, there's no more oppressed group than Jews over the past several thousand years, and they're accurate, but the problem is they have the wrong color skin as a large group, and so they're just seen as white, much like Asian people now. Are just seen as white.
1: So yeah, again, there's 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 government, and there's government, there's policy, and there's policy. I, I pulled this up because of the plagiarism scandal, alleged plagiarism. Uh, you can find this very easily. Uh, Dr. Pauline Gay, uh, Cla- sorry, Claudine Gay's um uh Ph.D. dissertation.
0: Um, do, do you want to? Do you want to just? I, I like, would I would bet a thousand dollars right now, Buck. That it has something to do with black representation in political Americana in some former fashion. I would wager a thousand dollars. Do I, if I'm wrong, no, I'll I wouldn't take the $1, other $1 side of charity. that bet.
1: Just to be clear, um, but you did nail it. Of course, here it was taking charge, black electoral success, and the redefinition of American policies. Okay, so it's really a sociology paper. Actually, uh, I'm just throwing that out. She's she's not writing on, you know, the the Enlightenment and Locke, or she's not writing on, like, you know, constitutional theory, or she's not, I mean, I know you could say this is government, obviously it's electoral success, but I'm just saying this is much more a contemporary left-wing political treatise than it is... Anything having to do with actual government or poli-sci in my mind. Go ahead, Clay. What have you got for us? You got other things thinking about.
0: Yeah. We'll keep taking your calls, by the way, 800-282-2882. And I think we mentioned, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis will join us here in about, uh, 10 minutes and then JD Vance, uh, Senator from Ohio in the second hour. But in the meantime, Mike Lindell, it's holiday season. They've got a huge holiday sale on their My Towels. How many times have you shopped for towels in a store? Found the ones you want because they're uh, just, like, great. They feel great on the skin. And then you look at the price tag and you think, my goodness, this is way too much. Well, right now, MyPillow has come out with the Towel, and they're so confident the product will be fantastic for you. They have a 60-day money-back guarantee. Holiday sale allows you to get a six-piece set for introductory price $29.98 with our names Clay and Buck as the promo code. You can get the designer premium line for just 20 bucks more. Order by tomorrow. That's December 12th, and you get free shipping, no minimum spend required. Go online to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener special square and you'll get the my towel six piece towel set, 50% in savings. Enter that promo code clay and buck right now. Get hooked up for the holiday season. The torch of truth past and still lit every day. The clay, Travis and Buck Sexton show. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone.
1: There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last Just go to PureTalk.com slash buck and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to PureTalk.com slash buck to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Born from the tragedy of nine eleven, the Tonta Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tonta Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like US Army specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiancé who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Taltha to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Taltha to Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. Ninety-five cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us.
0: Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Setting the table, by the way, for all of you. Uh, we're going to be joined by Ron DeSantis here in uh, just a few minutes. And uh, literally like five minutes from now, the new poll from the Des Moines Register is out. Trump at 51%. He's gone up eight since October, late October. DeSantis up three at 19%. Nikki Haley, 16%. Vivek at five. Chris Christie at four. Uh, so big drop-offs there. That is the biggest lead 35 days out that anyone has ever had in a contested Iowa primary. Is it durable? Is it real? If it is, Buck, it means basically this race is over. We will talk about that with Ron DeSantis coming up in about five minutes. uh, On the flip side here, again, that's the latest Des Moines Register poll that came out this morning. I I don't don't see how there's any – certainly there's no easy way –
1: to come up with this having a very different outcome, but we'll ask Governor DeSantis because he's right in the mix. He's uh, you know number two, and he's number two in Iowa, right? Just to make sure I'm not doing yes, that wrong. number two. Yep, yep. So we'll uh, we'll ask him. We'll talk about that here in just a second. All right, my friends, AI is hugely impactful, as you know. It's changing the world, and it's pretty much the most exciting new technology out there right now on the scene. You'll see that there are stocks out there that have had enormous moves, meaning stuff like, you know, video over the past year of stocks that are just going up and up, and then, well, what happens next? You want to get somebody who understands what AI is going to do to various stocks in the stock market. That's where Colin Tedards comes in. Colin is a guy who follows AI and its impact on the markets and companies in our future as closely as anybody. He brings real expertise to this. And he picked a stock for his readers a year ago that's up 200%. So this is a guy I want you to check out. Go to newaiproject.com right now. That's newaiproject.com. Go check it out, newaiproject.com, paid for by Brownstone Research. Welcome back in, everybody. As promised, we're now joined by the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. Governor DeSantis, appreciate you making the time for us, sir. We know it's a busy time of year.
2: Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I You know, I'm uh, in a situation now. I, I've got three young kids, and uh, we live in Tallahassee now as governor, and they become very big Florida State fans. And I told them a month ago that all Florida State had to do was win out its games and they would be in the college football playoffs. And as you know, that didn't happen. So they're constantly asking me, Daddy, you said they'd be in the playoffs. What's happened with this? So we're still working through that as a family.
0: I saw actually your son in the Florida State Seminole jersey, uh, on the road in Iowa right before the game against Louisville. I actually saw, I think Casey, your wife posted a photo of that and I thought to myself, I bet that was a tough conversation to have with him. So if you were president, would you try to order a 16 playoff? Because I think that would solve all the college football issues. Maybe not order, uh, but, uh, but try to bring it together. Yeah, I mean,
2: use you, the bully pulpit. I mean, yeah, that's yes. the thing. I think that. It's glad, I'm glad the playoffs better in the BCS. Going to 12 teams dilutes the regular season. And so is there some type of happy medium where you could do where, okay, six teams and, and, and someone that's number one in the country would, would have a buy or something that, that would probably make more sense. But look, it's, uh, we, we've had a dry spell in the state of Florida. I mean, when I was growing up every year, Miami, Florida, Florida state, one of them was good. And then, really, I think—and actually, my wife and I were watching that documentary, *The Swamp*, about the, the Gators. And that 2009 Alabama drubbing really was kind of uh, the end of Florida being always in the top. I was Florida at that state
0: game. Was,
2: yeah, yeah, that was that was a beatdown, and then and then Jameis Winston, Florida State, obviously they won the national championship. And then since then, the whole state has pretty much been a dry spell. And then this year was really the first time. That we've competed any of our schools at a really, really high level. So the fact that they won all their games and I understand they lost their quarterback who's a great player. You know, but my view would be if you win a power five conference and you're undefeated and there's only two other undefeated teams. You should be in one of the one of the top four playoff spots, and so. But I do think Florida State's got got good future ahead of them. You know, we'll see. Florida needs to needs to get with the program in Miami. I think they got some good ingredients, and I think they could do. But you know, the SEC is very difficult. Like if you fall down a little bit, it's really tough. And the recruiting is cutthroat, and the portal, and all this other stuff. So we're proud of what Florida State did. Uh, I wish they were in the playoff, but it is what it is.
1: Governor DeSantis, first of all, couldn't have said it better myself about all the football. So thank you for that. <laughs> and uh tell me if you will, uh you are in Dubuque, Iowa right now. We are a matter of weeks away from the Iowa caucuses. There is a Des Moines Register poll out today that shows you, um, and this has been pretty consistent for a while, in second place, so clearly in the hunt. um, But a bit behind, uh behind to the point where some people are saying, how could this change in just a matter of weeks? What's what's your answer to that? How do you think that you couple, could I mean, be? I'd say
2: a couple of things. Yeah, yeah, no, a couple of things. One, um, uh, one of the leading uh, uh, political leaders in, in Iowa, Bob Vander Plaats, head of the family leader, he's endorsed me. Uh, he ran for governor in 2010. The Des Moines Register poll the day before the primary uh, had him down 30. He lost by two. And so I think that some of these things, the history of them, have not been great, especially going from a caucus. Where do that? So how we do the caucus is we get people to commit to caucus. We built an organization, and you turn them out. And so we've already gotten tens of thousands of people that would exceed even what that poll said. And we're continuing to build every day. But that's really what you got to do. And what I found is going through Iowa, there's um, there's obviously Trump has some voters that will be with him through thick and thin. But whatever he would be above that in a poll, you know a lot of these people, you know they re- they remember him as president. He's the guy they know. Um, you know, they like his policies. Uh, but when we're able to go make the case in person, and sometimes that'll be at a diner with 30, 40 people. Sometimes that'll be more of a rally where we have a couple hundred people. Uh, we're able to get people to come and caucus for us. So we're going to be working very hard on the ground. Uh, we're going to be doing that. But I think what all the, 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 the polling shows, and I'm, you know, I think Republicans have been burned by this. But if you do look underneath it, you know, there's only two candidates that conservatives would be willing to support Donald Trump and me. None of the other candidates like Nikki Haley can get support from conservatives. And ultimately, to win, to be a Republican nominee, you, know, you got to do well with Republicans and you got to do well with those who consider themselves uh, conservative Republicans.
0: Donald Trump's been taking shots at you for a while. I think we've got a cut I want to play for you. But um, you, you debated Gavin Newsom a couple of weeks ago. Both Buck and myself thought you absolutely mopped the floor with him. And then I thought you had a really good debate last week in uh, Tuscaloosa, although it was probably salt in the wound since you didn't think Alabama should have been in that you had to go there. Clay didn't even think
1: Newsom was charming. He was telling him to button the shirt up. He was not a fan at all. But anyway, I thought
0: going. I thought you've even made Gavin Newsom seem uncharming, and I thought you know even the wine moms were probably a little bit upset with his performance. But um, but Donald Trump came out. I don't know if you've heard this. And said that he thought Newsom won the debate. Here is that cut I believe we have. I wanted to play it for you.
1: You saw Gavin Newsom with no facts. He beat the hell out of Ronda Sanctimonious the other night and he had no facts.
0: Okay, so that and then also I know you've been, uh, Trump said, uh, that, that going and debating Hillary was, uh, incredibly brave of him after the, 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 the viral, uh, Access Hollywood tape. And then also, I saw where Trump said that you and Fauci were boys, which I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I bet right, well, I don't think thing, Fauci's on your Christmas card list. We got a lot here. Go I'm ahead, glad, Governor.
2: I'm glad you yeah, some of this because these are things we could hash out in a debate if Trump was willing uh, to debate. But but first on the Newsom stuff, no Republican in the country thinks that that Newsom won that debate. It was it was very clear. His wife came in and stopped it because we wanted to continue debating. She stopped it. Uh, people recognize it. Even a lot of Democrats have recognized it. But why does Trump then all of a sudden, no matter what happens, he's going to he's going to trash it. And he's even willing to side with Gavin Newsom um, over that. That's not how you build a sustainable movement that will fix this country. You should want to see uh, good conservative governors do well and other office holders do well, regardless of whether they're endorsing you or supporting you or running against you. The Newsom and those guys, they're the enemy. You don't side with them. And I think one of the low moments for Trump in that Newsom debate was when Newsom was citing Trump to attack me for being pro-life. I mean, I think people in Iowa who saw that, you know, that would be very, that's very, very bracing. I mean, Donald Trump at the March for Life in January of 2020, uh, he gave a speech saying, you know, every life is a gift from God. Unborn children are made in the image of God. There needs to be legal protections. I mean, that that's what he said. And then now he attacks, pro-life protections as being a terrible, terrible thing. And people like Newsom are weaponizing that against. Now, on Fauci, that's just a total lie. I mean, you guys have followed uh, what we did. Uh, We fought Fauci tooth and nail. I remember June of 2020 when we started to get a COVID wave. He was saying Florida needed to shut down. Uh, We held strong. He said Florida shouldn't have schools open. We held strong. And, look, I know it's sensitive for, for Trump because if you look at his presidency, the low point was him turning over the reins to Fauci during COVID. He should have fired him. Uh, he shouldn't have had him there to begin with. But certainly after the first few months, it was obvious that this guy was totally out of control. And yet they let him do that. And he even gave Fauci an award um, on his last day in office uh, for, for Operation Warp Speed. Um, and then in terms of the comments he made the other night, it was really bizarre. He claimed that a general came up to him and said that the bravest thing the general had ever seen was Trump debating Hillary. After the Access Hollywood tape, even though he's seen soldiers make the ultimate sacrifice in battle, I don't believe that a general actually said that to him. I think he was saying that to try to, to try to add some color, but I obviously as a veteran just disagree with that. Debating is the bare minimum that you do as a candidate. Uh, it's certainly not, not brave to show up to, to debate. Um, and you know, we're now in a situation where there's going to be, I think a debate in Iowa that only Trump, me and Haley would qualify for. You know, I've said I'll show up. We'll see if the other two show up. But I think you should show up.
1: You think that if Trump were to come in second in Iowa, would he feel compelled to debate? Because there's one after that as well.
0: Look, he,
2: I think as much as I think he should debate and as much as I think, um, you know, it shows a lack of confidence that he won't. I understand why he's not. I mean, I think that he is in. He, he's living in an ecosystem where he's been able to kind of ride through. He's obviously very well known. He's got the corporate media that want him to be nominated, which is a huge change from how they treated him as president. Uh, now they're doing differently because I think that they think they can turn the tables as we get into the summer uh, and, and really, really turn the screws on him. I think, I think the more Republicans think about it, I think they're coming to that conclusion. I've seen this going for very, very long. So I actually understand why he's, why he's not debating. He won't have to answer questions. And look, I'm happy to answer questions about my record. I'm proud of what we've done. We've delivered huge things in Florida. Trump should be proud about some of the things he did, but he also should answer questions about about Fauci, about COVID, about all the spending. He should answer questions about Operation Warp Speed. You know, he said Warp Speed saved a 100 million lives. That is just not true. We've seen, I know you guys have covered a lot of the problems with this, and that's one of the things about uh, going forward. The next president needs to bring a reckoning to all these medical agencies in the federal government. They hurt this country. They lied to this country. And they will do it again if we let them get away with it.
0: I want to go back to what you said about your Gavin Newsom debate, because I don't know that I've heard it. So Gavin Newsom's wife, because the way it ended, for people out there who have forgotten, Sean Hannity said, hey, let's keep going. He goes to commercial break. Then he comes back and says, Hey, both the parties have decided actually that they're not going to continue. And then Sean Hannity continued with his show. So you're saying Gavin Newsom's wife basically like it was like Rocky. She threw the towel in and said, Hey, we got to get, we got to get, we're out. We're done with this. Like what was that experience?
2: We were, we were standing at the podiums. He said, you guys want to go? I'm like, that's fine. And, uh, and I guess we had already gone over the allotted 90 minutes, but it was fun. And that was pretty shortly after I did the San Francisco poop map. And showed that uh, to everybody, and so that obviously was not a good moment for him and so then we go to commercial break and then there was a woman that came out and she said, "Hard stop, hard stop it's over it's over um, i didn't necessarily know who it was at the time, but then come to find out that you know that, that it was his wife that they didn't want to continue uh, with the debate so I was a hundred percent willing to continue with the debate uh, they didn't want to do it, but I think it was important to do the debate because one uh, they're likely not going to run biden if 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 it doesn't look good for biden newsom was kind of the guy waiting in the wings i'm not sure after the debate that that's someone that they they may want to go with but they're going to go with somebody that's going to be younger and we just got to be prepared for that um as republicans and he um you know i've always said that the problem with these democrats is whoever runs by uh newsom had to had to hug biden we both Sean and I made him hug Biden. He said Biden gets an A plus, great economy, all that. We all know that's not true. But if he would be the candidate, he, he would be, he would own all of Biden's policies. Then he would have to own San Francisco and Los Angeles and California and the Exodus. So in that respect, that's a lot of baggage to be able to take into, to an election season. And I don't care how slick you are. I don't care how much of a, of a snake oil salesman you are. Uh, those facts do matter. I,
1: I got to ask Governor Sanders before we let you go, we're about to hit a hard break here, but, um, is Gavin Newsom friendly to you when you're not on camera or is it is it kind of more real than that if you get my drift
2: you know it was honestly it you know we shook hands we exchanged pleasantries it wasn't anything like okay possible. now in the commercial breaks we weren't necessarily chatting whereas in these republican debates you know I'll talk to 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 Christie or Vizek or whoever uh in the commercial breaks uh we weren't we weren't uh, saying anything during the commercial do
0: break. Do you ever do you ever Here's feel like like you're
1: back at uh you know back like teaching high school and you have to separate the students when Vivek and Nikki Haley go after each other there?
2: It gets pretty <laughs> intense. Well I'll tell you what, I mean I think that uh you know the last debate uh you know Nikki was not providing very good responses and I think the more and more people have found out about her, the less confidence uh they they've had in her with some of that. But you know the interesting thing about the Newsom debate too, it was just Hannity sitting there, Gavin me and then, like, the film crew, there was no other human being in that little room, and that was at Newsom's insistence. He would not debate if there was an audience, and that was one of the things they insisted on. And I think it's because he knows he would have gotten booed if there was an audience, because it's one thing to take a liberal position, but it's one thing to say, say things that are not true. I was in Sioux Center, Iowa, the other day. I had a gentleman come up to me, and he just pointed at me. He's like, you, you did good against Newsom. He's like – nobody believes that california has lower taxes than florida nobody believes that and it's true and he was trying to say things that we know aren't true i mean we know california's got a problem with homelessness and crime and all these other things and so it's one thing to try to put lipstick on a pig it's another thing to try to act like reality doesn't even exist
0: florida governor ron DeSantis, 10 seconds here if it's not newsom if you think biden's out who's the nominee going to be
2: Look, I would probably say Harris will muscle into it, but I think you would have Pritzker, Buttigieg, Elizabeth Warren. I think they'd all be scramming for it.
0: Good stuff. Appreciate it. Keep up the good right, work thanks, in guys. Iowa. We'll and soon. apologize to your son on Florida State because that was a hit, in the solar plexus there. I know. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Will do. That's Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. We'll be back. Break that down. Take some of your calls, 800-282-2882. Next. Geek out with the guys on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck Podcast, a new episode every Sunday. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand.
0: Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts?
1: You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two,
0: PureTalk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to PureTalk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone.
1: There's no four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and a top-tier data security system.
0: Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. PureTalk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America – for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile.
1: The average-sized family saves almost $1,000 a year. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today.
0: Just go to puretalk.com slash Clay and claim your eligibility for your free brand-new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Clay to switch to the cell phone company my family relies on Pure Talk.
1: That's T, the number two, T.org.
0: Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We're going to let you guys react to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis top of the next hour, 800-282-2882, with the Des Moines Register poll out. Buck, I haven't seen the story. I, I saw the story citing anonymous sources that... Gavin Newsom's own wife walked in and said, nope, the debate is over. <laughs> now, there's probably a lot of married men out there like, yeah, I don't uh, overrule the wife either, but my goodness, if you're in a debate and your wife says, nope, it's over, it ain't a sign that it went well. I'll just put it out that way. Um, and I haven't seen that story before. That, to me, is fascinating I, You're married, Buck. If you were in a debate and your wife came out during a commercial break and she was like, we're done, I probably would listen to her. Uh, I've been married almost 20 years. You don't necessarily make a lot of no, honey, you, know, you get out of here. But the fact that she would walk in like that and say, we're not doing any more of this is not a sign that things went well.
1: Yeah, it was not a strong debate for Gavin Newsom because instead of trying to give the... I'm, you know, I've seen him before to, to, to be sort of fair to the new Somian approach where he says, I agree, homelessness is out of control the state of California. We're going <laughs> to tackle it. Instead of doing that and just hope that you don't notice, Hey, wait, you're the guy who's supposed to do that. He took the homelessness is not a problem in San Francisco. We've got great wine too. Napa,
0: baby. You know, like he just lied. He was so bad. Even the wine moms didn't like him and, and, and me. Um. Yeah. All right, we'll take some calls, and we come back here at the uh, top of the second hour. But I want to tell you, if you're fortunate enough to be traveling overseas over the holidays, as I am, Pure Talk has you covered. Uh, my son's going to be doing the same as well. They have international roaming 30 countries now. So if you're off to Europe, the Bahamas, uh, how about the Caribbean, anywhere in between, chances are Pure Talk has international roaming service for you. Here's the best part. No rate increases. Still save the average-sized family $1,000 a year. And they'll put you on America's most dependable 5G network, so the coverage is second to none. Switch to Pure Talk, a veteran-owned wireless company with simply the best U.S. customer service team. And now, international roaming to over 30 countries. From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say the keywords Clay and Buck to make the switch, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again... Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck to start saving on wireless now. You will be glad that you did it again. Pound 250, an additional 50% off. Do it today. More details. Born from the
1: tragedy of 9 11, the Tonta Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tonta Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiance who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tonta Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. Ninety-five cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month Tunnel to Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us.